Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us for our second episode of A Single Tree Podcast. Today we're going to continue talking about the small self or what is called the false self and how that manifests itself in our lives and in our brains and then we were going to talk a little bit more about what to do with that, how to handle it, um, and actually how we can continue to connect with the larger self or the larger consciousness. Last In our first and the last podcast that we recorded, we talked about uh, the larger self as a larger context that it's important for us to connect with, and today we're going to talk a little bit more about Um, the small self or what is also referred to as our ego and how that presents itself again and, and then what we can do with it. So, um, first we'll start by defining what the small self is like and how it manifests itself in our lives and just kind of what it sounds like. And, uh, yesterday I was... driving home from a road trip that I took and I, um, was having some problems with my truck. Uh, and actually about six weeks ago, I had had it in the shop for, um, about a week and it had some really expensive repairs done on it. Um, and then yesterday it started acting up on my way home and it was a time for me when I, um, noticed my ego or my small self was presenting itself. And um, so I'll talk about that just really quick as a way of kind of giving an example to everyone about um, how the small self sometimes presents itself. Um, So obviously as I was driving and I was still about an hour from home um, and my truck started acting up, I started to feel anxious and even angry and kind of disappointed and um, there's a few different ways that uh, I think my ego or small self was activated. Um, First of all, um, I don't know, I just felt kind of a little bit stressed um, that uh, that that was happening again. one, because it was probably going to cost me um, more money than I had already invested in repairs for the truck. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, that's money that I've worked hard for. And uh, so my small self and my ego was um, focused on that. And just uh, I felt upset or stressed out about that because... Um, I don't want to have to <coughs> sink any more money into that. Um, and then also I was just looking forward to getting home and I was only about an hour from home. And so, um, my small self was saying, or, or was just disappointed or angry or upset that I wasn't, um, going to get home on time. So the small self or, or ego is just kind of all the things that our brains say, um, It's the stuff that we get upset about um, when we have goals or things that we want to accomplish with our lives and um, circumstances um, cause us to not be able to achieve those things. Then our small selves start to, um, I don't know, they just sort of talk to us and say that we're upset and, and unhappy and I don't know. There's all, there's all sorts of things in our lives that come against, um, our goals and what we want to achieve and just what we want for ourselves. So is that a good way of describing a small self? I think that's, I think that that's a good, a good overview. You know, when I think about the example that you shared or, you know, um, I kind of, was breaking that down into more more specific um, 
factors. You know, your your small your small self first had this agenda, right? It, and the agenda was to was to be home uh, because home equals comfort and um, being able to kind of get get what it wants, right? That was the agenda, and then you know your 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 truck, you know, kind of failing uh, presents a, a continuation of. Um, delay of that right and then and then comes the resistance i think you know and i th i think those are some of the primary factors that really the small self works off of right it has an agenda because that agenda is going to lead to pleasure or comfort that it, it projects and then um, when something interferes with that then then the small self falls into resistance right because it thinks it has the best idea about what should come or how things should be and I think of I think of my own my own life and you know certain parts of the day and one thing I think that's really helped me um, in being able to kind of mediate this whole small self large self thing is paying attention to resistance and what that energy feels like in my body um, that has been, that has been a really tangible, helpful way for me to start kind of doing something practically, not only to gain awareness of when I'm kind of going deeper into this small self, but if I'm able to kind of out of my awareness recognize the resistance, then I can kind of push the pause button and start to kind of redirect, you know. Um, because that resistance can be a really good indicator of what path we're on, if that makes sense. You know, you in our Last podcast, you were you were talking about being in the flow, or others will say you're just kind of being in the river of life. Well, I mean, you can't be in flow or in the river when you're resisting or you're trying to grab hold of a rock in the river that will keep you from continuing to flow, right? <laughs> right. So on a practical level, it's been good for me to get really, really good at paying attention to resistance. Uh -huh. um, and it can be, you know, if we decide to kind of engage in learning more about this small self, large self, Then we, and we start to kind of pay attention to, if we're more willing to pay attention to resistance, it can be, at least for me in the beginning, very uncomfortable. Because you're peeling back a layer of unawareness, and you're really revealing an energy um, that's kind of been in your con in your waking operating consciousness for a long time but once you really start to peel back that layer and, and feel that energy of resistance and how present it is in your life that can be really really unpleasant because it's there a, a lot mm -hmm. and one of the first things i learned is that 
not only is it there a lot, but as I continued down that path and got better and better at it, I started to recognize that it's always there on some level. So that's, that's an interesting way to put it, resistance. So when you experience resistance, it's you resisting the flow. Is that right? Right. Right. And, okay. you know, the resistance is predicated off of the small self having an agenda of what it thinks is right and good and, and pleasing, right? Which is based off of all of these judgments about what should be. So when I was driving yesterday and my truck started to act up, uh, the resistance would have actually been my my experience of that. Because my, my ego or my small, small self had this agenda that I wanted to be able to get home in a certain amount of time. And, you know, if my my truck broke down and, and wasn't going to allow that, then I would have felt resistance against that, right? Which is just my subjective experience of what's happening to me right now. I don't like, I don't like that because my small self or my ego has an agenda. I want to get home on time, which are, these are all normal things for people to feel and experience. Absolutely. Every day. Right. But the resistance that we have, <clears throat> kind of like we were saying the last time, reminds us of our the presence of our small self or our ego and the fact that it has an agenda. It wants to be comfortable. It wants to be safe. It wants to have what it wants. Bingo. And then things happen counter to that and we experience some kind of resistance. How do you how do you experience resistance? I think when I first started kind of paying attention to that, the most tangible way I started experiencing it was just in my body. Mm -hmm. um, and noticing just how my body would feel tight. Mm -hmm. tense and then as I continued kind of paying more attention to it and learning more about it then I understood how that energy not only was creating a tension in my body but my the the quality of my thinking or thoughts would very much fall in line with that. It became more rigid, critical, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I guess, you know, you can use words like agitation or anger or anxiety. Um, all of those might apply as well on a more kind of abstract level mm -hmm. those are the kind of the emotion or feeling words that we use to describe the resistance mm -hmm. so that's the physical experience of resistance mm -hmm. and then there are thoughts that go along with it that we all have um, and uh, so Michael Singer he talks about that as the voice inside our heads that's always talking, making commentary on everything that happens. And that is um, the small self or the ego um, that, is, that always feels the need to comment and make judgment about everything that happens. So is the, <coughs> is the small self or the ego, is it, is it bad? Is it something that we're aiming to get rid of? Or what should be done, do you feel like, with the, the small self when we, when we are ex experiencing this resistance? Um, 
you, you talked about one of the first things that you have to be able to do is just kind of notice that you're experiencing resistance and then what is your method or how do you go about dealing with it? And then what's the goal mm-hmm. with that small self or ego? You know, I'm, I don't think it's helpful to judge that the, the the small self as 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 bad per se um, because it, it it is an inherent it is an inherent part of us you know it's it's there so to 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 judge it is just kind of another form of resistance right mm-hmm. um, so What I think can be helpful is, is is deciding what what position you're going to take towards it. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be one of judgment and resistance, or you know, and this is something I'm always you know continually trying to work on is just taking a learner teacher approach to it. If I'm not judging it, if I'm not resisting it in essence, right, then I'm able to kind of open up and, and start really learning, learning from, from this part. That, for me, in my own experience, has been a lot more uh, fruitful in trying to get to where my higher self or large self really is, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm resisting and judging my small self, then that's the only place that I'll, I'll be. I don't, I don't go anywhere else than, than that. But if I open to it and learn, if I let it inform me, then in that instant, I'm I'm not limited to that smaller context, mm-hmm. you know. And you said you take a stance that's like a you want to educate it, well, right? I, or you you want to learn from it? Exactly. I bit. I want to learn from it. I, I don't I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it is that it is a, a, a super wise part of me, but it definitely does teach me important parts about this. Yeah. Part of, you know, part of myself that exists, and so I need to be informed. I mean, to be to have a healthy body, you need to have information about the body that you have, right? Right. So that you can use it well, so that you can maintain it. The same kind of analogy goes towards okay, you know, I, 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 I have this ego. What, what I need to learn about it, as opposed to resist it. Mm-hmm. If I resist, uh, if I resist the fact that I have a body, th- that can be damaging. Yeah. I think I take a little bit different stance toward it. Um, I think that's a really helpful way to to think about it because it does teach you. Um, and it, and it gives you important information about, um, yourself as a human being, your, your experiences. Um, I think I take a little bit different stance. Um, we, we were talking the last time about, uh, your, your ego or small self being like a small child. Um, and that's, I think probably the most helpful, um, way for me to conceptualize, my small self. And I think what's helpful about that for me is that I don't, again, want to uh, dismiss or judge or be harsh with even my small self, even, even though, you know, even the term small self kind of indicates that it's um, not as good or that it's immature or something like that. But um, the stance that I want to be able to take toward my small self and and even what it says 
is one that's sort of loving um, and where I'm accepting that part of me as just a, a normal part of me. And um, when I do that, when I am accepting of it and even what it says and things like that, I, I, I'm better able to, I don't know, teach it, coach it, mold it, um, and be able to help it just kind of move through these experiences that it's having. So when I get upset or stressed out or uh, worried about something, um, just like I would do with a child, one of my children, I would, um, you know, when I'm at my best, I would try to accept them for where they are and just sort of help them move through that experience. So it's a little bit different stance, but I, but I also agree with what you're saying that, um, kind of learning from your small self and, and what your ego says is, is important. I mean, it gives you a good, um, indicators of how you're feeling, what your body is doing, um, you know, the experiences that your yourself as a human is having, um, which are really important things to be aware of. And so once you become aware of, you know, the way that you're experiencing resistance and, um, you know, those, those experiences that you're having as a human, that your small self is having, um, what do you think is the next step after that? Hmm. Well, I think before I get into that, what I like about what you said is that you you have an experience that's you you your view is a little bit different or your approach, which I think is actually really good because what 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 shouldn't I don't think anyone should ever suggest that that there is just this one one way to kind of do this, you know, I think if, if we understand that some of the foundational parts are okay, they're, uh, what creates difficulty really is one of resistance and we acknowledge that then we, we can integrate that into, into our own consciousness and, and, and find our own ways of working with that. So, um, and I'll go back and forth very, you know, often I will relate to this smaller self as just, you know, kind of this parent child or, or whatever. So I like the fact that people can, I, that this can be a, a, a really creative process, you know, based off of some, some of the, some fundamental aspects of, okay, on a fundamental level, there's, there's this resistance that has to be acknowledged and, and, and worked with. So I like that. So what do you, what do you do? What can you do to kind of push the, the, the pause button? Is that, is that your question to kind of well, start just, redirecting or what? You know, when you've discovered and, and become aware of your small self and, and then kind of, um, figured out how you, want to approach it or what your stance is toward it, um, then, you know, what, what is the goal? Um, you know, we, we've been talking about kind of connecting with our larger selves and, um, you know, mo moving out of just functioning in our, in our small selves. Um, so what would be after you've become aware of the resistance that you have and, and kind of tried to learn from your ego and, and things like that and, and even parent your own um, small self. What do you think, what is the next move? Uh, well, I think, yeah, I think the most important part is just starting with choosing to direct the light of your awareness to understanding this, this smaller self. That's the first and most important step, because after a certain amount of awareness is, is grown, then there seems to be this tipping point where your experience becomes 
more robust. Uh, the context starts to become larger, where you, out of your awareness, you understand um, what is happening, and you have more options, right? So in instead of um, being in a situation where you can only take a right turn, now you're now you're start out of your awareness you start having this this bigger experience where you have more options you can take a left you're almost kind of at you know at, at a roundabout where you can where there are more options to be taken um and so i think that inherently comes out of out of the awareness and so it's just paying attention to To your experience and being um, vigilant for anything new that may be coming mm -hmm. for you. So you're saying that when you have, when you just have more awareness of self, and it, and part of that is just being aware of your your small self and and what it says and its desires and and stuff like that. Um, then out of that awareness, you just get a lot more freedom and being able to respond. You may not be able to control the circumstances that you are in, but you can definitely have more options and more control over how you respond to your circumstances. Instead of like the small self is sort of rigid and you know, like that, that resistance basically determines what your response is going to be. You have it feels like only one option. You can only right. be upset. You only take a right turn every yeah. single time in this kind yeah. of situation. Right. That rigidity. But um, when you become more aware just of what it's saying, you, you take a kind of a more mature position to some of the circumstances that you're, you're in. Um, you, can, you can slow down, become more thoughtful. And out of that, you just have, you just have more options. More creativity, more creativity, more freedom. That's good, and that and that may be the goal. Sure, because if if all we're doing is taking a right turn, then we live a pretty square life, right? <laughs> Take a right turn after a right turn after a right turn, a right turn. We end up, you know, in the same driving, square, driving in a mile. square <laughs> at the same place. You know, we right. we were at, which you know. I don't think that the the human experiences uh that that's healthy for mm -hmm. the human consciousness. It's not limits creativity. Right. It's not a the human consciousness isn't really made for a square existence, you know? And so yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because the small self or the ego gives this illusion of control. Um, you know, the small self or the ego is the one that when bad things happen to us or things that we don't like happen to us, um, feels like it needs to seize control, to take control of the situation and um, respond to it in a way that we can regain some sense of control. And in doing that, um, which is characterized by all this rigidity that we're talking about, um, it, but it actually, um, you're only taking a right turn. There's only one response. It's this response of rigidity. Whereas when you can step back and kind of be aware that that's happening, you actually gain a myriad of options um, that you could choose left. You could choose another direction because you have all this awareness. So, so actually you're gaining a lot more freedom and and you know what we might call control um by letting go of control absolutely but that's counterintuitive to what you know kind of we've been taught as a society really mm -hmm. and it's really kind of counterintuitive to what what the brain and the nervous system kind of is programmed to do right i mean on a fundamental level the whole goal is safety right and security well Driving in a square is very safe and secure. 
<laughs> but that's 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 the that's the brain that's on a fundamental level that's that's the desire of the brain body you know the brain and the body but we're supposed to you know the the idea the hope is that we can that we can live on a broader spectrum than that you know what i mean and so we have to be able to live in a bigger context than just the fundamental drive of the brain body you know what i mean mm-hmm. so the goal is sort of to gain flexibility in our responses it's to gain creativity um, in responding to our circumstances and to even have a sense of freedom instead of that rigid tense response that you have when your small self is driving the bus um, you actually relax a little bit more even though the same stressors might be present um, you you still can respond to them in a flexible way, in a maybe peaceful way, in a calm way. Um, but then we've also talked about the idea of just being present, right? And that's and that's part of the goal too, is just to be present in our circumstances, even if they're difficult. Which so that's another one of the goals, right? Right. And you know, I think one of the one of the main tenets of, of, of presence is non-resistance. I mean, yeah. when you're present, you're not, you're not in a place of, of resistance. You're, you are being with, mm-hmm. and you're being with whatever is mm-hmm. you're presented with. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, you know, that you're presented with something and being present, you know, yeah. it's not a huge that comes together real, real well. It's interesting. You, you talked about resistance. And, and so what we're talking about here is not really um, not having emotions or, or anything like that. You know, I mean, we're, we're really just talking about trying to not be rigid and resist whatever's happening to you. So I've lost a couple of people in my life in the past couple of years, and it's been those have been obviously difficult experiences. And um, so we're not talking about when something bad happens to you, you don't have any kind of response to it, emotional response. Um, because I can I can tell you when those things happened to me, I had a very emotional response. And, and part of that um, was just this feeling of, you know, I don't want this to be happening. Um, even sort of, even, even some resistance to it, like, you know, this is not fair, and how could this, how could this be happening, those kinds of responses, but I, but I also had this very, very strong and intense emotional response when I went through those losses, and, uh, but, but for me, that was part of being present, is just being in the experience even being in the moment of what was happening and, and these really intense waves of emotion were coming over me when those things happened. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't really a resistance. It was just sort of the experience of loss, um, and being able to experience the normal emotions that come about when, when we lose something or, or have grief. So would you, would you say that that's appropriate? I mean, that, that we still are experiencing the full gamut of emotions when, when things happen to us. Um, this, this is not about like being absent of emotion. No, no, because then like, no, not at all. The trying to, Create an, an absence of, of emotion is is a is a resistance, <laughs> you know. Right. So no, there's no information in a void, you know. So you need you need information, and informa- emotion is information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, emotion is information, and it's helpful helpful information to have. Right. Your emotions. Mm-hmm. It's just important to realize 
what they are when you when you experience loss and you and you experience sadness and grief and that whole emotional experience i think is is really important to have as human beings those are those are normal feelings to have um and they tell us something you know they just tell us that we've lost something and i would say our emotions are really important in our kind of like forming us and helping us to develop as human beings too. So that's probably a rabbit trail, but it's really important to have those emotions. They teach us. They teach us a lot. Sure. And so, you know, another way to look at it is just kind of growing, growing your container Mm -hmm. for, for the, for your human experience. And if, you know, <clears throat> I use this analogy a lot, you know. Um, we, we er, early on in life, we kind of have this, you know, children especially have this, this, these, these human emotions, right? But their, but their container is small, you know, they need help. They need help from more mindful and, and present parents, Right. Which hopefully the idea of that in those interactions over a period of time helps the child kind of grow their container. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if we use this analogy of growing your container, then what happens is is that at some at, at some point we I don't even think we really realize it, but our, our container unconsciously just we've kind of made this decision that okay, my container is is big enough. Um, and then we just continue to uh, move forward in life as, as we become older and life becomes more complex. And then we start experiencing all of this anxiety and depression and we wonder why, you know, these things are happening to us and then we feel shame about it when, you know, we In a lot, in, in 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 a lot of ways, what's happening is that we forgot that there was this tipping point between our our parents helped us grow this container, right? And that was kind of their job. But at some point, we we didn't continue the responsibility of growing our container as our lives can continue to get bigger and more complex. Um, mm-hmm. I like, you know, I like, I like that analogy a lot too. It's important to continue doing that. I, I love that idea of growing our container. And I think one of the things that we can do for each other as, as human beings, and this is a lot of what we need to do and, and try to do when we're, we're trying to help people is, is just, you know, being present with them, especially in their, these very powerful emotional experiences that they have. Um, You know, when someone has experienced trauma and they are experiencing anxiety or they're just in in distress or they've experienced grief or loss, um, one of the things that we can do for them is just to help contain their experience you know part part of what we do when we're trying to help other people is is not tell them what to do or solve their problems we can't take away the pain um we we can't fix it for them there's nothing we can say or do that will that will take away that pain all we can do is just be present in it with them and it helps them to be able to contain that experience and and there's there's nothing you know there's a lot of times there's nothing more than that that's happening except that we're just being present with people's really powerful emotions and it and and as we help contain those experiences it helps them grow their own container for those emotional experiences yeah you can use the word contain or hold and this isn't 
using the word contained to in a in a control oriented way. It's just you know to 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 be able to 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 hold to hold something the way it needs to be held to have enough room for it, mm-hmm. which you know a, a a proper container for the proper you know can can hold the proper amount of whatever it is in there, and it can hold it well, you know. Uh, a good container holds everything that needs to be held. Mm-hmm. I'm always amazed at at people's ability to experience such intense emotions. You know, there's there are a lot of us who will really restrict or or hold back or try to, like you're saying, in a controlling way, constrict our emotional experiences and. Um, that's that can be problematic and 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 part of the reason but part of the reason that we do that is is because we think our emotional experiences are going to kill us or that we're actually going to fall apart or that we'll be so sad or or something like that that, that will never, never end that will never come or back from dominate it, right? us and it won't stop which is which is not true it's, it's not it's not true but it it certainly feels true i know exactly you know what what that means but you know kind of when you think of it from from a, a standpoint of how you know emotion is is energy um you know that energy will needs to move and it that energy has as it flows it, it there it's not just going to infinitely flow through you uh with no end you know um and that's where you know if 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 we have emotion that that we're scared of and we think that if we open to that emotion and that it will never end right that that is indicative of a certain kind of relationship with emotion right but if we're trying to kind of have a more robust experience in this in this world, a more robust human experience, then we start to kind of slowly move out of that relationship with emotion and start to understand that okay, well, yeah, um, emotion is is isn't this threatening bad thing, and you know, um, kind of the bedrock of of emotion is is energy and. Um, it, it kind of needs to 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 flow and move, and uh, that it, that it, that it will pass. That it's not just going to be this infinite wind that blows through me, you know. Um, <laughs> then that suggests a different kind of relationship or orientation towards not only emotion, but just kind of the you know the human experience. Yeah, I like to I like to think that. Or I like to say that we we travel through these emotions, um, and again, I'm always I'm just always amazed at like the humans, uh, a human's ability to experience these super powerful intense emotions, and they do and they do pass even though sometimes we don't think that they're going to. Um, we move through them, or they move through us, and then we're finished with them for a time until until it's time for them to come back again and i i think those really powerful emotional experiences that we have are one of the best ways that we can be human yeah it it informs us yeah it's it's like the uh it's like a coloring book when it's brand new you know you look through it and it just has these images with with lines and it's black and white and but when we color you know the the color it, it becomes more vibrant that's the emotion and you know we we need that in our our human experience and in in life it's the color in the coloring book mm-hmm. i want to move into talking a little bit about um kind of how Again, how we can deal with our ego or our small small self, um, and talk about the idea of ego death. That's important. It's it's important for us to 
you know, again, kind of accept and um, coach and, and parent our small selves. But there's also this idea that um, there's part of us and part of these part of these experiences that we're having um, that our small small selves are having that um, we need to be able to um, sacrifice or even shed certain things or or let certain things go um, so that we can kind of get into and get in touch with the larger self, which is the larger context and consciousness that we were talking about the last podcast. Um, and so I think that's, that's really an interesting idea. We were talking a few weeks ago about, um, the idea of self-sacrifice and, um, that being one of the greatest things that humans can do. And I think one of the most helpful ways for me to think about that is, um, you know, this is not just a an ego death or a sacrifice that I need to make, um, just for myself, but that, but that I'm actually sacrificing, um, for others. Uh, that's a, that's a more helpful way for me to think about it. Um, because it gives me more motivation that I can, um, actually sacrifice myself and, um, you know, sacrifice some of the things that my ego or my small self wants for the benefit of others for the greater good. Um, and so is that, is that something that, does that make sense to you in your experience of like dealing with your ego or small self that it needs to die? You know, if, if we're acknowledging that there is this part of us, you know, that is there and can't be eliminated. Um, then for me I think we're talking about the same thing and, and just having a different approach to it where for me it's just trying to, to continue just to, to, to peel layers and, sh and shed layers um, of that part if, mm -hmm. if that makes sense so so what are the layers that you're shedding? That's kind of what I'm interested in. Layers, layers of the small self or the ego. Mm -hmm. So your small self kind of experienced these, these experiences, these, um, fe feelings or it desires and this rigidity and resistance that we're talking about. And, and, uh, the goal is that, we can grow aware of that, aware of those resistances or that, that rigidity and that we can shed certain layers. Right. And what, I think we're talking about the same thing. Like what, um, what are some of the things that need to go away? Do you feel like? Well, there are many, I think probably, <laughs> um, you can, you can just take the concept of, of like, um, give, giving and getting, right? Mm -hmm. Just the whole idea of that. Well, you know, the, the small self is, you could say is the getter or the one that mm -hmm. wants to get, right? Um, but if you're willing kind of out of your awareness to, understand how really not sustainable that is or how finite that is, then a layer starts to kind of be shed where um, there isn't just this dichotomy of giving and getting that they're really, st they, they, may, they may start on the opposite end of, of the spectrum, but as layers of kind of that ego getting or said giving and getting just start to actually merge that there really isn't much of a difference at all between giving and getting mm -hmm. that may be an example like to me yeah i think about context that we were talking about the last time you know we were talking about needing or wanting to be successful 
in a professional context. And, and the small self at certain points in our lives really wants to be successful. It wants to achieve certain things uh, professionally that kind of feed our ego. And that, that may be a, an easy way for people to kind of think about the ego or the small self. The small self needs to be successful to make itself valuable to others so that it's not discarded or um, so, so that it just feels important. And um, one of the layers that it may be important to shed at some point in your life is to realize that being successful in a professional context is not really going to make you valuable or any more valuable than you are anyway. And so that may, that's a form of maybe like the, the ego or the small self dying to itself um, and, and shedding a layer so that it can actually connect with something larger sure. and more important than just the professional context. So like when we were talking in the last podcast about um, connecting with the larger con consciousness or the larger context, that's something um, where you would have to realize that that's a too small context. The professional context is too small and, and you would have to give up your idea or your need to be successful as a means and as a way of making yourself valuable and actually get connected with this larger self and this larger consciousness. So there's these layers that we need to shed, these ego deaths, if you will, that we need to experience to get connected with the larger consciousness. What, what exactly are we talking about when we talk about the larger consciousness? What, what, do you, what are we actually trying to connect with here? I, that's a tough one to, to put into words, you know? I mean, <laughs> that's a big one. It's being itself. <clears throat> right, but it, it's, you know, it, that's, you know, the, 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 the larger uh, consciousness or, you know, the collective consciousness or however you want to say it, you know, it's, 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 it's one that's um, kind of more oriented towards, like you said, beingness as opposed to doingness. Um, connectedness as opposed to separateness um, exchange and reciprocity as opposed to getting and saving and hoarding or whatever um, mm -hmm. it's much more suggestive of, of operating at, um, from a place of uh, fulfillment and, and, and value and, and meaning as opposed to an orientation of lack. Mm -hmm. And you can, that's great. You can apply that to, um, a lot of different contexts. You know, if you're operating from a place of lack, then you're much more oriented towards, um, getting, aren't you? And, mm -hmm. um, you're much more oriented towards a specific, very outlined, rigid agenda, mm -hmm. right? Because that agenda gets you, right? What mm -hmm. you need. <laughs> um, but if you're operating from a place of fulfillment and kind of um, beingness and um, worth, then you're not so oriented towards lack. You're not so driven by agenda. Because, mm -hmm. you know, agenda, agenda gets, gets. Well, you don't, you need your, <laughs> the agenda of the large self is, is, is much more about, um, not to say, the agenda changes. The agenda is much more about inclusion, support, uh, community, value, connection, 
the the agenda becomes much more robust and flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the small self keeps you small. If the if the larger self, the larger consciousness is about connection, reciprocity, uh, fullness, um, feeling feeling and achieving wholeness, things like that. Um, and the small stuff is just busy trying to get and get and push its own agenda. It actually keeps you from experiencing the things that you truly want. Connection, community, a sense of value, um, being able to share things with people and with the universe. So it's, it's interesting that this is, this is one of the reasons to move out of the small self or to, to be able to know what the small self does and says in order to shed what it does and says to be able to connect with the larger consciousness, which will help us to feel more whole. It will help us to connect with each other and the rest of the universe in a way that gives us um, so we're not always having to scratch and claw for what we think we need and want. So that's good. Right. It's, it's, it's becomes, it moves from a more survival based existence to one of just, um, you know, just being just right. Just, uh, being, enjoying, exchanging, contributing, sharing. Uh, you don't share when you're, you know, when your orientation is towards surviving and getting, mm-hmm. there's no sharing in that. Yeah. You know, so. this kind of gets at what I was saying about, you know, the, the sacrificing yourself for the benefit of others, because, um, you know, when, when you do that and other, and others are also doing that, you don't have to, operate from this mentality of scarcity or lack that you were talking about. You're, you're going to receive whatever you need. Um, and, and then you're also, also going to sacrifice yourself. You're not going to continue trying to get and and scrape and, and scratch and claw for what you think you need or want. You're going to just offer yourself and be and be connected and and that will benefit other people and and in turn you will receive from them and you, and there will be this connect connectedness that we experience in the larger self yeah right that sounds good and that and you think that's something that we can experience as humans I don't think there's any doubt. I mean... That's awesome. You know, one one might say we're in the constant grind and opportunity of that every moment. Mm -hmm. You know? Maybe... (laughs) One one could say that. Do I think anybody can? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's nice to have practical examples of this. I think it's nice to be able to access communities and people who um, are ta- who are talking about these kinds of things and working towards these things because no one's at the mountaintop of this this, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know when when we can access people, when we can access communities who are, who are oriented towards this then we start understanding how um, how powerful it is, and how probably we've been in the in the the paradox and the grind of that all of our lives, but weren't conscious of it. And now that we can kind of consciously see what what that really is all about, then then we can really put our hands on something and. We have clear context for what is going on. You know what I mean? It's not just this, the grind of life and, um, 
this this meaningless difficulty that we're having anymore. There's context around it. Um, and once we have context, then we then we have some meaning and we can find a little bit of direction and learn tangible ways to to continue moving it uh, down that road. Mm-hmm. It's not just this difficult road and we don't know why there's there's more meaning than now mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting i was i was experiencing this these this difficulty with my truck and i uh i had my initial experience was obviously upset not being you know not um being able to get home when i wanted to um and then facing the prospect of having to spend more money on auto repairs. And so that was my initial experience for a few minutes of feeling upset and, and not being able to get what I want wanted. Um, but then, um, I called the mechanic and the mechanic was supportive and and helped me figure out what to do and gave me some advice. And then I, arrived at the the shop the mechanic shop and um i think they just feel sorry for me when i when i come in there now since i had just been there six weeks ago um but they were very receptive and and friendly and helpful and um sure i mean it's i don't have my truck right now it's gonna have to have some repairs and and stuff like that but kind of instead of staying focused on um, what I could be upset about in this scenario. I think it is helpful for me when I sort of stay aware aware of what my small self is saying and what my ego is experiencing and, and kind of what it wants. When, when I'm able to let go of that, I'm able to actually receive the support. And um, sure, there's going to be maybe some exchange, they're going to do some repairs on the truck. I'm going to have to pay money for that. But, you know, it's a way that I can um, just experience in some ways the larger self in this current context. Um, I'm able to, to be connected. I know that I can get the help that I need. I know that, um, you know, there's going to be some reciprocal exchange of, um, you know, of goods and services, but it's actually something that I can be engaged in in a different way instead of being um, so rigid and, and so focused on what my small self wants. I can actually just be kind of present to how the, lar- the larger self um, connects me with others. And, um, you know, it's just kind of this exchange of, of energy and, and, uh, so that was kind of an interesting, interesting experience for me yesterday. Yeah. I think that's a good, a good practical example. And you can, you can use that in probably every instance in the human experience. Yeah. It's, we can be, uh, and that's one of the things I think that that is sort of characteristic of the larger self is just this connectedness. And I think the fact that, you know, we can be present with each other in difficulty, um, you know, when people are experiencing the worst things that you can imagine, um, one of the things, like I was saying earlier, one of the only things that we can do for them is just be present with them and, and help them contain that emotion. Um, and that's one of the things that happens in this larger context in this larger, in the larger self is just that there's this connectedness, there's this exchange of emotion. Um, and there's this containment, we grow our awareness and our, and our ability to contain those things. And, um, that's one of the, the best things that we can do each other for each other in this human experience. Yeah. Yeah. 
So maybe we'll talk about about that some more the next time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the most important things that we've talked about today are just, you know, you know, the 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 idea of 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 kind of the 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 small self and becoming curious and more familiar about what that is and how that manifests in us and you know, um thinking thinking about what the larger self is and then um, some of these concepts that we're using um, about uh, resistance and what we can do with that, trying to pay attention, and how we can use um, those as tools to to move from um, one experience to another. Um, and how we can kind of grow into presence and, you know, paying attention to what presence feels like in our bodies, um, how our thinking is different, how our brain literally feels different, uh, what we're doing um, with other people. Um, those are all really big important elements of what we talked about today and something that, you know, someone was listening to this and was inclined that they could take those and play around with them a little bit. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. See you next time. <laughs>